Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Prepare to win with PFF Fantasy. Use PFF's exclusive rankings, projections, advanced statistics, and more to win your draft in August and set the best lineups through the end of the regular season. Made special for the podcast listeners, use PFF promo code 49ERSPOD to save 20% on PFF's Edge or Elite subscription anytime between now and the end of the season. Go to PFF.com to sign up today. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and boy, do we have an episode for you today. Lots of news, including our Manscaping giveaway, which stay tuned for that. We've got some exciting news for our new sponsor, which I'm excited about. Also, lots of training camp stuff. We're going to go over injuries, quarterback reports, who's doing what, stock ups, stock downs, timetables with pup players, and... If we have time, a little Q&A at the end of the episode. This is going to be a very information overload episode, which, let's be honest, it's kind of what we are designed to do here with the 49ers Rush Podcast. My goal is for this to be a one-stop shop for all of your 49ers needs, and that's what we're going to do. So without further doubt, let's jump right into it, and there's just information overload right now on the Twitter machine and just coming out on Instagram. The very first episode of Brick by Brick came out, which if you've never seen that, just head over to the 49ers YouTube page. It's basically a PG version of Hard Knocks, where they kind of follow everything through the offseason and through training camp. It's about 15 to 20 minutes. It's very entertaining. You get to see a lot of footage that you don't get to see normally. And there's a lot of footage from the Senior Bowl, which is really cool now because you see some behind-the-scenes footage between Kyle Shanahan uh, hanging out with Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel and... Just it's awesome, absolutely. And Drake Greenlaw as well. So there's a lot of stuff there. You see some players signing their contracts, like Joe Staley, and it just kind of humanifies. I don't think that's a word. Humanizes, I think is a word. Uh, the 49ers players, and I think anytime that you can do that, it's easy to become a bigger fan. So let's jump into the back-to-back day training camps. Not back-to-back day. We had a day off. So we're going to be talking about Tuesday's practice, Wednesday they had off, then Thursday's practice. And the new CB or the CBA that we currently have, you only get to practice four on-field workouts. So four days on, one day off, four days on, one day off, four days on, day off. And then our, our very first game against the Cowboys on August 10th. I am recording this episode on Thursday. So we are nine days away from actual 49ers football and if you are listening to this on thursday the hall of fame game i know it's not the most quality football that you're going to see but football is football so i will take it now i will say this let's just go through the people who did not practice the last two days on tuesday joe staley did not practice he got his veteran 
bet day off, which Kyle Shanahan said he's going to start doing for the 30-plus-year-old players. And so he took that day off, which, you know, I'm all about keeping people healthy. And this seems to be the new thing with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They are really big into more of, like, being precautionary instead of reactionary, I think is what I would say. Now, Thursday, that's a whole nother story. Mike Pearson, person, got his day off, which he's been just playing awesome. And this is where it gets bad after that because, man, if your starting right guard is out, you want your backup guard to be in there taking snaps. But our backup right guard, he's injured. Joshua Garnett, copy and paste from every other year he's been playing you know, the 49ers did not pick up his fifth-year option. You know, being a first-round draft pick that we traded up for, thanks a lot, Chip Kelly, you can pick up the fifth-year option and pay, you know, a decent amount so that he can stay on you. We did pick that up. You know, if he was going to be on the roster this year, he was going to have to prove something. It's never been about talent with Joshua Garnett. It has always been about durability. You know, the old saying is the best ability in football is durability. If you are injured, you are worthless. You have to be able to compete, and he just hasn't been able to do that. The very first time that he got first team reps, he dislocated his finger. How do you predict or how do you stop that? I don't know if you can, but this is just what it is. He can't get out of his own way. Well, it turns out he had to have surgery, which Kyle Shanahan talked about. He's going to be out three weeks, which means he might be able to come back game three, game four. I think that he's going to be cut. I really do believe he's going to be a, a casualty to the cap. Maybe we could trade him for like a sixth or a seventh rounder, or like we could package him in a seventh rounder for a sixth, something like that, to a little bit more of a heavier scheme <laughs> instead of our zone left right outside zone scheme so we're, we're going to need to send him to a power team which is who he should have been with his entire career but if he can't stay healthy it's not going to really matter jeff wilson the running back he had a calf issue he's going to be out for two weeks i think a lot of that is this is a bummer because he has to get involved in preseason games he's not going to be making the roster with us unless one of the big four get hurt maybe even two of the big four in order for him to make the roster but he is a guy that will be picked up somewhere else um he he showed promise in the few games that he got play in last year now deforest buckner this one scared me he had a toe strain not serious at all you know Robert Saylor even said you know it's not that big of a deal he's okay um and so Solomon Thomas didn't really capitalize today you, you know whenever you have one of your elite guys out and DeForest Buckner is the iron man of defensive linemen he is among the league leaders in snaps every single year and so when Buckner's out you are looking for those guys that are backups that are trying to gain snaps to step up and unfortunately, that definitely didn't happen with Solomon Thomas today. Not that he had a bad day, but you want some of those guys to come in and just dominate. Now, I'll talk about Contavious Streets a little bit later, but he is starting to stand out much more every single practice. Jarek McKinnon, you know, we got a couple more updates. He finally got to work out a little bit on the side of the practice field and just do some kind of individual drills. Kyle Shanahan came out today and said he's not going to be taking off the pup until before he can't. He won't come off before Sunday. So we're getting closer. We're getting closer, but still just slow and steady. No need to rush this. The running back position, it's one of the easiest transitions to make, even though he's never gone through training camp or anything like that. It doesn't really matter. He, he, he's going to be able to step in and be just fine. Yes, you want some work, 
but it, he's going to be just fine. Capron Lewis Moore had a groin injury, not believed to be severe. And last is D Ford, which you don't want to see him on this list, but again, very minor. He had some knee tendonitis act up, and he missed team drills today. You know, they were talking to him on the sideline, and Kyle Shanahan said this, I think, three times in his press conference. D Ford says this happens every single training camp, so there's just not necessary to risk it. So just allow him to get that rest. No need to push through it right now. Our football is still over a month away for meaningful snaps. Uh, This guy is an absolute stud, so don't push it. Now, before we jump into our stock up, stock down reports, this is huge, guys. Manscaped, okay? I love these guys. Uh, they are our new sponsor. I just want to say thanks. You know, uh, support for this episode comes from Manscaped. They are the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. And here's the best thing about it is sponsors are fun, but uh, sometimes you get to negotiate, and I wanted the best package possible for the 49ers Rush listeners. And so here's the deal. You get 20% off plus free shipping. Plus, if you buy one of their packages, you get an additional carry-on travel pouch. It's a leather pouch that uh, carry all your kind of toiletries and all that stuff if you travel for free. All that's free. So 20% off plus free shipping with the code 49ers Rush. No spaces. Just type in 49ERS Rush. 49ers Rush. No spaces. And that is yours. And so... What I wanted to do, you know, we did a giveaway a few episodes ago. I don't know if you guys listened to that, but we have our winner at 18 the King. Congratulations and thank you for participating. I am going to be hooking up with you on Twitter. Just want to say thanks for your support and you are getting your free kit. It's the Manscaped 2.0 kit, which is over $100 value and you get it for free. And so just want to say thanks for supporting, but I'll tell you this right now. Manscaped is absolutely incredible. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. If you have ever tried to groom downstairs and you cut yourself, it is not fun at all. And you definitely don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you do your lower body. That's just gross. So again, head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 49ersRush. And it's a great way to support this podcast. We've got some exciting things that I'm trying to get to. And if we get enough people to get on board with Manscaped and a few of our other sponsors, uh, we've got some exciting news coming forward. So I've got my kit. It's amazing. And I'll say this too. The body wash and shampoo alone are worth it. The prices they have over there are absolutely bananas. It's super, super cheap. So, uh, But very high quality product. So again, head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 49ersRush and get your kit today. They have everything you need for all male necessity stuff. So back to the 49ers. Stock up and stock down through the first five practices. Number one on this list, and it's not close, is Trent Taylor. Holy cow. Definitely the offensive MVP thus far through training camp. His spot solidified. You know, last year, and I've talked a lot about Trent Taylor because I didn't think, you know, whenever I did my initial training camp projections, I had him uh, on the bubble to out. I'll be honest. That's not happening now. Um, Trent Taylor's in, no questions asked. He's got it on lockdown. Um, So, which, if we move him up, here's the deal. These are all guys that are going to make the roster no matter what. Dante Pettis, locked. Debo Samuel, locked. Jalen Hurd, locked. Marquise Goodwin, he's going to start for us in three wide receiver sets. He's the fastest player in the NFL, if you saw the 40-yard dash. The kid is going to play. 
Um, he offers something that none of our wide receivers offer and just pure speed and that is valuable in and of itself. So he's staying, and if you count Trent Taylor as a lock as well, that's five guys, which means there's only one spot left for everyone else, whether that's Jordan Matthews, Richie James, Kendrick Bourne. Those guys are the favorites. Now, of those three, Richie James has been the best in camp, but the problem is this. like, Who's he competing with? Is he competing with Trent Taylor? Because that competition's over. I think he's competing with these other outside guys, and the problem is Richie James is not that big-bodied receiver, and so he doesn't provide anything besides that kind of short-shifty slot player in special teams. Now, I will say this. Uh, Richie James, he had a 70-yard touchdown on Tuesday to start team drills, which was absolutely awesome. He had another touchdown today during red zone drills. So he's playing great, but the problem maybe isn't even, doesn't have anything to do with these three players. I think it has to do with Jalen Hurd. Because if Jalen Hurd can prove that he belongs on this team and can get starter reps um, in that slot and outside job, that, that gives the 49ers their big body target that they covet so much because the majority of our starters are very, very short. They're smaller guys. You know, Jordan Matthews and Kendrick Bourne have size. Richie James doesn't. But if Jalen Hurd can prove that he can get outside snaps as well, that does make James more valuable because Hurd could stay outside. I want him in that slot personally. But um, it, it might tilt things his way. So just associate good things for Jalen Hurd equals good things for Richie James. If Jalen Hurd stays working with the third team and doesn't start to excel and uh, go up the depth chart, which his position, his spot on this roster is fine. It's, it's secured being a third-round pick. But if he does not ascend up that, then James is going to be one of the odd mans out. Uh, Pro Football Focus came out with an article today that was interesting. They ranked all of the entire uh, NFL wide receiver course, or not even all receiving course, tight ends, uh, backs, everything combined. And the 49ers came out uh, a little bit more favorable than I would have guessed. We were the number 18 overall. We have a very young, unproven wide receiver base. George Kittle is responsible for us being as high as we are. We are young. They are all very scheme-specific with Kyle Shanahan, which is wonderful, but they haven't proven anything um, outside of Kittle. Kittle's proven all you need to know. But I thought that was a very favorable ranking. Um, I think that we can outperform that. But to the cast, I got an argument with another podcaster talking fantasy on another Eat Sleep Fantasy episode, and he had us bottom five wide receiver groups, and I was just like, man, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, if you're looking in the past, sure. But if you look at potential and what we have there, I think that there's there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of promise. So I like that. Another guy that I have stock up, Aquila Weatherspoon, which, let's be honest, training camp warrior. Every year we say very similar things, but this by far has been his best camp. Um, he has the most interceptions and pass breakups so far in camp through five days. He has just been a blanket. Now, the problem that Aquilo Witherspoon always has during a game, he hates contact. And as soon as he has to initiate contact, his confidence starts to wane. So this is something to watch for. I love where he is playing right now, and he seems to have locked up that opposite spot next to Sherman. Health and confidence 
and being physical. If he can do those things, I do believe that he can be kind of a top 25 corner in this league, which is wonderful. But hey, we got to be able to say this is awesome. He's been playing absolutely wonderful, and he's playing with a lot of confidence and moxie. Like he's out there talking trash, which I love that in a cornerback. I want a little bit of a dog in a corner. That's very important. And staying with him, Richard Sherman, huge stock up. He just looks different than last year. Last year, his technique is great, and his technique has always been great. He's the opposite of Akilo Witherspoon because Richard Sherman, whatever, he, he's never had speed or finesse, but he makes up for that because of how physical he is. So last year, we had technique and physicality, but he was always slow. He ran a 4-6 you know, at the combine. He's not a fast guy. But when I have, coming off that Achilles injury, he was probably like 4'7", 4'8", which is rough to do as an outside corner. But he just looks so much faster. He looks so fluid and smooth. Uh, very excited to see what he's going to do. I got three more stock-up players. Nick Mullins, good Lord. He's always been awful at practice. He's been a bad practicer, and that's just what he was all last year. But when you put him in a game, you know, it's BDN time. If you don't know what that means, you could look it up. But he would just show out. Well, guess what? He's now practicing well. You could argue he has had the best camp of all the quarterbacks and far better camp than CJ. Um, I think that this number two spot for the quarterback is all but done. Um, I, I, I think it's pretty much over because if Mullins could practice better than CJ and game out better than CJ, the last two players I want to talk about with stock up is, man, maybe one of the most important, and that's Nick Bosa. Holy cow you talk about living up to your potential as the number two pick through training camp this kid has done it uh, he's had a sack pretty much every single day he had two today uh recording this you know talking thursday he's just living in the backfield it doesn't matter if he's going against the twos which is where he's getting most of his snaps if it's a pass rush situation he goes with the ones but like he he's beating joe staley he's beating mcglinchy uh he's just winning wherever he goes not saying he wins every play but the fact that him and D Ford are just living in the backfield, and we have two of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. So it's not like he's looking great versus our ones, twos, and threes. He is just as advertised. Now, I, I do like that we are still slowly phasing him in. It seems like we're making him rest half of practice. So, for example, on Tuesday, he didn't do any team. He just did one-on-one -on -one and inside drill. And then on Thursday, today, he did no one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, he went through all the warm-up stuff, sat out a little bit, then did team. So they're being very precautious and just slowly facing this guy in. Remember, he missed a lot of time with his oblique injury at Ohio State. So he hasn't played meaningful football in about a year. But you could not be happier with his performance on and off the field. Everybody's nobody's got anything negative to say about him. There's no issues there. And the last guy I want to talk about is kind of forgotten. Contavious Street. If you remember the big old bad boy from NC State that had the ACL team, hashtag ACL team, um, he's been playing wonderful. He's Him and Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead, those three players are basically, I want to call them utility D-line guys because they are taking snaps at all four defensive line spots, inside and outside, Ronald Blair has been as well, but he seems to focus on one or the other each practice. But Street has been great. He's proving that he belongs in that rotation. I, I think him and Solomon Thomas are a little closer than a lot of people would probably like to admit. He had a sack on Tuesday's practice, and there's just so... I We could trade away three defensive linemen and still have to cut a good player. 
we might have the deepest D-line group in the entire NFL. If you want to talk about like your top six, seven players, I think you'd say the Eagles. But if you want to talk about like the top 12 guys what we got, it's unbelievable. I would put us up against anybody. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Julian Taylor, and that guy's just overpowering every single person in one-on-ones or team that he goes against. Now, he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to get a lot of sacks like Buckner, but he is two to three yards in the backfield against every single pass set. He is just a straight bull rusher, and we, we can't even get him snaps with the second team because there's just so much depth there. Love the way our defensive line is. Now let's focus on the other side. Let's go stock down through five practices. Um, these are in no particular order, but, man, not good for any of these guys. Number one, Adrian Colbert in the entire safety group. Colbert got the starting nod, you know, with Jimmy Ward out, and he has made zero plays. He has gotten beat deep several times for touchdowns. He is just – he's nowhere to be found. And if you look at early film last year, it was the same thing. Unless you have all 22 coaches film, and which pans out and you can see all 22 players, that's why they call it that, you never saw him in the pan of the game. He was just outside of the frame. But he, he's slow to react. He has top-end speed. I, I don't know what happened from his rookie year whenever he came in late and just dominated the NFL, played as well as a top-10 safety. Since then, just I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know what it is. But this guy should... He, He's not even close to a roster spot right now, in my opinion. Now, our safeties are awful. We'll talk about them later, whatever. Another loser that I have, and th this one's not so much because of him, it's Matt Breida. You know, he had a 40-yard gain on Tuesday's practice, but it seems like Tevin Coleman has the number one spot locked up so far. Uh, you're not getting the snaps. Uh, he's getting snaps with the ones. Only him and Tevin Coleman are right now, but it's Coleman first every single time and for a majority of the time. So if they're just rotating snaps, then that's one thing. Tevin goes first. But, man, in team drills, if you like the snaps are just not 50-50, which I want Breida to win this race. I think he's the better player, but this just seems like Tevin Coleman's going to be the guy no matter what. Losers and kind of stock down. I talked a little bit about them already. Kendrick Bourne and Jordan Matthews. I think that Bourne had his best practice today, Thursday. You know, and no shocker, it came when the 49ers went with a full red zone team versus team. They go full red zone, Kendrick Bourne shows out, which that's going to be his role. And if you can paint your role and, and kind of prove this is what I will provide to this team, I think that you have value. Now, Jordan Matthews hasn't been able to do that at any point so far this offseason. Richie James is starting to prove that he can be that between the 20 guys, between the 20-yard line guy, uh, kind of big play potential. He was the one that caught the 70-yard touchdown pass, but you can't keep more than one of these guys. So it's going to be pretty interesting. We'll, we'll just have to see what happens. And Tarverius Moore, you know, <laughs> he finally gets to work with the first-team safeties because Colbert has just been so bad and he did all right. He didn't do well. But right afterwards, defensive coordinator Robert Sala comes out and says, oh, Tarverius Moore is not a safety in the NFL. Like, he's not going to be ready to play. He's not ready to start. He's not ready to be a safety week one in the NFL. Very damning report. Talked about how he just hesitates too much. Um, there's some potential there. And he's getting progressively better. But he is still ways off. So, uh, yeah, it's what it is. Our safety position is absolute trash, but whatever. Also, the last losers, and this is our passing offense big time. 
You know, the, the quarterback reports have been rough during team drills. Um, so I'm going to go through each quarterback um, and how they have fared. So Tuesday's practice, Jimmy Garoppolo went 5 for 14 in team drills, which is just abysmal. He fixed that a lot today. He went 10 for 14 in the red zone, all team drills, and was absolutely you, – you'd love that. That's great. Mullins went 7 for 11 on Tuesday. I don't have his information for today's practice. CJ went 4 of 9, and again, I do not have his – information for Thursday's practice, but you can see the snap counts. You know, Mullins get more snaps each and every day. Mullins is going in second first each and every day. Yes, CJ's get work with the twos, but not until after Mullins. Now, the play of the day today that was interesting was a Dante Pettis touchdown in the back corner of the end zone versus Richard Sherman. Just Jimmy G just put a perfect touch on it, came down right before the pylon, and Dante Pettis made an amazing catch. Pettis is going to have a hell of a year. He stays healthy. He's going to be the primary wide receiver target. I still believe that Kittle will lead the team in overall targets. But from the wide receiver position, Pettis is looking all the parts of a number one wide receiver. Now, I want to jump down just to a couple questions from Fernando, who's just been an awesome supporter. Just want to say thanks, Fernando. But uh, we started having an awesome conversation through email, and I was like, why not include this? So if you want to reach out to email, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. That is where I do most of my work. Now, he asked this. Okay, if our secondary doesn't do well again this year, is that a deal breaker for our playoff chances? So here's the deal. Our secondary last year was awful, okay? So let's just pause and just review some key kind of numbers, statistics from the 2018 season. We allowed the second most touchdown passes in the NFL. We had the fewest turnovers ever in the history of college football since the merger. And uh, here's what makes me scared. The personnel hasn't really changed. You know, I get it. Witherspoon was injured off and on. Sherman was recovering from an Achilles. Jimmy Ward's already injured again, so I don't want to hear that. Tart, he's been injured every single year he's been in the league. And we're bringing all those guys back. Yes, we add, you know, Verrett, but guess what? Also injured all the time. Now, probably the number one personnel decision we made in our past defense is Quan Alexander. He is an absolute speed freak. As an you know outside linebacker, you call him inside, whatever you want to call him. But in in our nickel situation and pass situations, he is great. So that's going to help out consistently. But if we look at the playoff teams in 2018, you know there's 12 total playoff teams, six from each conference. Eight out of 12 of the teams that made the playoffs had great secondaries, like great secondaries, above average in the NFL. Four teams made the playoffs that had bad secondaries, and those were Houston Texans, the Kansas City Chiefs, Seattle Seahawks, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you just look at percentages from last year, Fernando, you're looking at like a 33% chance if you have a bad secondary. I know that's a very small sample size, but it's what we have. You know, you're two-thirds more likely to make the playoffs with a great secondary. You have to have a good quarterback. You know, all of those teams have a good quarterback, and then you also have to have a good defense. Good defense is either you're going to have a great pass rush or you're going to have a great secondary. We have chosen great pass rush, consequences be damned. So we're going to find out pretty damn soon uh, what is most important. If it's a secondary, you know, you look at teams like the Patriots who just don't care about defense. 
They just care about secondary. They have the best secondary probably in the entire NFL because they have the most first-round picks back there. So what is it that's going to work? We're going to find out. (laughs) We're going to find out really, really quick. Now, the second part to this conversation was, again, from Fernando, uh, what caused the secondary to be so bad? Was it missed assignments, schemes, personnel, execution? Here's my opinion as a former coach, okay? Number one is personnel. We do not have the players. If you put Colbert on any other team in the NFL besides maybe the Seahawks, that guy is not going to be a starter. As of now, he is a starter for us. Jimmy Ward, anywhere else in the NFL, not going to be a starter. Um, so, So that's kind of the issues there. The second problem that I have is coaching. Last year, the coaching for our team and the secondary was abysmal. Okay, and this is what I've always said whenever I would talk to my coaches. Look, if a player is out of position once, that's the player's fault. Coach it, correct it, fix it. If it happens twice or more, that's the coach's fault. Either you need to get somebody else in there that can do it, or you need to coach better. Well, we just leave guys in there. Now, it got to the point like where Witherspoon was just getting trashed and his confidence was shot and he was injured or whatever. We would pull him off and put somebody else in there. I think that's what you're supposed to do. But then whoever we put in there was awful. Well, how did we respond? We brought all the same guys back. Um, you know, you know I'm, I'm not trying to get bitchy, but I'm trying to be honest. Because I'm a 49ers fan, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I do not like what we have done in the secondary. Trey Boston signed today for $3 million. With the Panthers, guess who the Panthers' starting safeties are? Eric Reed and Trey Boston for super cheap on both of them. And, you know, this was asked to Kyle Shanahan today in his press conference, and he said, well, you know, we like those guys and we could bring them in here, but that means we have to let somebody else go that we like a lot. Well, I'm just going to be really honest with you. We might not need 12 to 13 defensive linemen whenever we're so stacked at that position. I know you need camp bodies, but I think that we missed on this one. That doesn't mean I'm bitching or I'm complaining. That's just real. (laughs) It's just what it is. So uh, in the final part to this question discussion is, are you optimistic that this will be fixed for the 2019 year? Yes, to a degree. And here's why. I think our secondary just needs to be average. They don't need to be good. Just average. Our front seven is elite. And if we are just average on the back end and stay healthy, I think that we can be a playoff team for sure. There's no doubt we can play playoff quality defense with what we have. But a couple things that need to happen. We've got to figure out a way to not blow schemes. And it doesn't even matter if it's in the running game or the passing game. And a lot of this has to do with Jaquiski Tart or, you know, Akilo Witherspoon. And I know I pronounced his name wrong. I've practiced several times. I, I, I'm awful. I apologize. But here's the issue. They both blow outside contain all the time, and they both are out of position all the time. I think that Jaquiski Tart's one of the smartest players in the secondary by some of the reads that he makes, but he gets caught guessing a lot of times. He understands things, and you can tell he does film work. Love Tart. The problem is just consistency. Not trying to make those huge boom-bust plays and just being consistent and not losing us the game is what our secondary has to do. We will win the game with pass rush and offense. That's how we are going to win. 
So we'll just have to see what happens. Thanks for listening. And again, head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 49ersRush, 20% off, plus free shipping and an extra travel bag if you go for one of the packages. Uh, We're the only ones offering that right now, which is a big deal. Um, So again, manscaped.com, that would support the podcast a lot. Thanks. And again, subscribe, rate, and review the show if you have not done so already. Stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.